Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable, and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Alison Jones' father. Alison would like to highlight and promote the good work of the Alzheimer's Society. Search for them today and make a donation at www.alzheimers.org.uk. that the calls this week were absolutely cracking paul mm. paul room's call made me like you know when you've been ill and you feel a bit sort of flat and gloomy because you I'd never get flat and gloomy because you haven't quite kind it, of it's the buddha in me it's oh, the buddha light rubbish anyway um yeah well, i want to try it all right it's really good but I've seen you flat and gloomy, so no, I know that's you a fib. Haven't. I have. No, when? Do you really want me to <laughs> to go through when? For thir- for thirty seconds, right? <laughs> my frown. I had a, my smile was turned upside down for thirty seconds, and you're never gonna ever let me forget that, are you? But anyway, no, sorry. Go on. So you were talking to me about Paul Room. Making you feel. No, but you know, you know, you know when you well, okay. The rest of us that are mortal um, sometimes feel a bit gloomy after they've been ill, Royfield, and mm. um, uh, and I was illness. Feeling a bit, I don't do that either. I know. And I was thinking, oh, I feel, you know, I feel really rubbish, and I felt a bit depressed and everything. And then I listened to the calls this week, and they made me laugh out loud. They were so funny, and people are so lovely. And Paul Rooms' call made me piss myself laughing and it really cheered me up so i felt completely fine well i've got a lot of love for paul room and um and he knows the reasons why apart from the fact that we're we're brothers from another mother but on the whole thing of just feeling like the world is full of light and love and that we are at the fulcrum near the center of a whole network of lovely people um 
I posted this on the Book of Face this week. To all Dumpty Dummers, thank you for your continued support, your general cheeriness, your cash, your calls, your emails, your, your meals that you've either cooked for me or brought for me. It's been an amazing year since Lucy and I started doing Dumpty Dum. We've had actors on the show, we've done an award ceremony, we've even been in the papers. We've found new friends and we've started a community of listeners that share our love of the archers and our sense of humour. It means so much to me that I could ask for donations for the new website on Friday and achieve the total just a few hours afterwards. Lucy, Millie, Harriet and I do the show for fun, but up until that time I had spent three days solid on the site, so your help meant that a vital part of the site could be completed very quickly. And I must admit, I'm a little bit of a softie, so um, at that moment when I got the $150, um, I was all a bit kind of touched. And Aww. it means so much to me and Lucy that um, you really support what we do. Yes. Thank you. Seconded. Yeah, it, it was very lovely. And there's been um, a proper outpouring of uh, loveliness on the Book of Face uh, for us. And, um, you know, as I said, it really means an awful lot. So, yeah, there you go. It's all nice, isn't it? Isn't it? And on that note... I think I should say this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the handful of confetti that is Royfield Brown. I'm rice. I'm not confetti. I'm West Indian. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm rice. Yeah. With a few beans mixed in. <laughs> yeah, the rice and peas. <laughs> <laughs> and with me, I have the infeasibly large hat that is Lucy Freeman. And the most important part of our Grundy wedding is you. Oh. I was really touched by that, but let's talk about that later. Um, today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by Vicky Cole, who's been all over our business this week, haven't you, Vicky Cole? If you haven't been a donating, you've been dumb dumbing and then you've been calling in, Vicky Cole is properly in our beeswax this week. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Lucy? Yes? If anybody else, other than Vicky Cole, wants to get in on a little bit of dumb dumb action, how would they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, weep in the choir stalls or give away the bride secondhand, slightly shop-soiled, but one careful owner, keep it in the family, please get in touch via SpeakPipe on the site or ring 02030313105. Uh, thanks to Harriet at Shambridge for her amazing voices. And also mm. we need to thank lovely Sarah Smith, who is sponsoring us, our first corporate sponsor. Hoorah! She's a keen fan of the Archers, keen fan of Dumpty Dum. We love her and she makes excellent cleaning cloths. So buy all of them and mop stuff up. Um, and also to Derek for Learn in the Back Bedroom. Derek is outraged about the Irish equal marriage law. And he oh, says, really? he says, what next? Will Charlie be going down on his knees in front of Adam? <laughs> well, does not approve of this type of Well, Maurice Snell got down on his knees in front of me this week. Did he? Yeah, but I'll tell you all about that later. <laughs> I got my sword out and everything. <laughs> this week, on this momentous week, a week where we've had donations of plenty and marriage equality has come to the Emerald Isle. We have calls from Claire from Scotland via Canada, who thinks the new voices will settle down. Witherspoon, who cried at the wedding. Maurice Snell, who is our first royal listener. Paul Room, who's becoming hysterical. Jojo Sexy Heels, who wants more of the Carter sex life. For that group, Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Carter's the Unstoppable <laughs> Sex Couple. That's what they are. 
Bly Spirit who says Rob is a criminal. Vicky Cole, totally she's totally not beeswax this week. <laughs> Vicky Cole who wants to know who Barry is and cheers who's a foreign spy. Oh no, 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 no. there's another and. And Catherine Bajant who's worried about Clary's outfit. Now here's another one that's probably in our beeswax. She's all over the tw- all over the book of face. And the Twitters. Excellent. And and the PayPal donations. Very good. And I would say she won the emergency pudding competition. Did she? <laughs> yeah, she was the mouth trifle. That's oh, her. Oh, yeah. well, no, the, the, the saga of the mouth trifle has moved on. A oh, pace crumbs. it has, All right. yes. All right, well, yep. I, did, I, I, I don't want to shoot me bolt too soon. I'm going to keep <laughs> me powder dry. And uh, Lucy, you can tell us all about that later. But first, yes. why don't you tell us about the last seven days in Ambridge? Jennifer is deep throat but then Brian woke up and Jennifer was actually (laughs) interviewing a foreign sounding person called Stefan it all Mm. got a bit famous five he wanted to meet in a cafe oh what a horrid place said Jenny darling to David it looks like the type of place swarthy people come to and I don't like it have some more of this ginger beer anyway Deep Throat and Inspector Gadget had a patronising meeting with the funny foreigner in the Poor People's Cafe. And the mm. funny foreigner said that he had seen Rob stuffing his culvert, the filthy bugger. Inspector Gadget went trooping off Charlie Barber's spreadsheet to say, A person whose name we can't give you saw another person whose name we can't give you doing something very, very criminal and bad. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing, said Charlie Barber's spreadsheet. What the hell am I supposed to do with drivel like that? But no, of course he didn't, because this is the archers. So he took it all very seriously and said, I will speak to all my workers about the person who cannot be named being spotted by the other person who cannot be named. And I will be very discreet. And then he called Titchy Knob in immediately and said, are you the person that cannot be named? Titchy Knob immediately went into his usual. I didn't do it. I wasn't there. I wasn't at work. I don't know what a cow is anyway. Who are you? What kind of raving lunatic would do something that stupid? Asked Helen. The type of raving lunatic that you sadly find irresistibly attractive, Helen. Jolly William couldn't meet up with Emma and the children for a picnic at the cricket match against Paxley because he was discussing bird-watching tactics with Robert. Or Tic Tacs, possibly. There was a lot of, Go on then, make friends! Go on! Go on! Everyone said right you are a lot to each other and the women fixed it all with cake seemingly the bird watching was tedious in the extreme the most exciting thing was robert seeing a wheat ear or getting wheat in his ear i'm not sure i had passed out with boredom jimus enlisted molly and tilly button into helping him they rang him on his mobile which is not easy for two silent characters in fact given mm-hmm. their trappist monk like tendencies we should hereafter refer to them as the mute buttons And now we will move on to Pip and her dedicated pursuit of both sheepdogs, Rex and Mm. Toby. She wants to move (laughs) the fair brethren, I nicked that from B12 Simon, thanking you, into pear tree... I lived in B12. Mosley. Mosley. Who is it? That's what it means. It's a postcode for Mosley. I used to live on the Mosley Road. Oh, Mm. is it nice? And the local pub. Mm. Um, Guess who paid at the local pub? UB40. Well, UB40 were from Mosley and Borsalby. Yeah, but that wouldn't be so notable because they're from oh. the area. 
Oasis. Bob Marley. No, Oasis. really? They did. Yeah, yeah. When they did their first album, um, when they were doing the promotion tour, that's played at the local pub. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So I just wanted to do that because I've had many, many a tweet saying, when are you going to interrupt Lucy's monologues? Because <laughs> you notice I haven't done it for, for weeks. And you know the real reason for that, don't you? If you we record it six bored. o'clock in the morning, I'm just, I'm just, just too tired. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not on it. Are you all perky and lively now? Yeah, you? Right. yeah. bring it on. <laughs> anyway, mm. she wants to move the fair brethren into Pear Tree Farm, nice and close to Brooker's so she can drop in frequently, naked waving Vaseline and some Bonio biscuits. She said she'd nearly pinned Rex down early on Tuesday morning, but he managed to wriggle out of her grasp, presumably. You see, that'll be the Vaseline. Mm. It was a cracking hen do. Oh, yes. One, oh, no what? one, I'm joking. No one will ever forget. Emma said breathlessly to Fallon, I've just had a brainwave. What if we turned my hen do into a sewing bee? There was a gasp from Fallon, which I presume was her pulling her arm back to punch Emma in the head until she'd stop making stupid <laughs> suggestions. Emma invited two old school friends on an entirely fraudulent premise and poor old Jodie and Sarah turned up and from what I could tell they worked away like mad things with Clary to make bunting while Fallon, Emma, Helen and Susan got pissed in the other room and laughed at them. Uh, Susan confessed to having dropped her Marks and Spencer sensibles within the first 10 minutes of meeting Neil and being up the clangor when she sashayed up the aisle with a concealing bouquet the size of a small allotment. And then the Grundy wedding itself. William went from refusing to be the best man, smile or wear a suit, to being the bestest best man in the whole wide world after a very vague talking to by Nick. He turned up at the church, all fraternal bonhomie, and said, once more for old time's sake, M, which I thought was a bit much. I mean, there's sloppy (laughs) seconds, and then there's sloppy (laughs) seconds on your wedding day. And anyway, in a graveyard. But it turned out he just wanted to wander around with her, pointing out illogically that although the whole thing had been a pigging disaster, he hadn't regretted it. It was all a bit odd, but then for once, something nice happened to the Grundies. The wedding went well. No ferrets escaped. No one got thumped, jilted or gored. By Ambridge standards, it was a very tame do. I thought at first Clary wasn't there as she was so quiet and we hadn't heard her say, Oh, Edward! at all. And then she popped up in her basque and leather gaiters, which Fallon had found in a closing damn sale at the Ann Summers in Borchester. So here's to you and a happy marriage, Emma Grundy Grundy. May you live in confusing family bliss <laughs> for the rest of your life. Oh! Hmm. I thought you were going to say the end. Sorry, the end. Normally go the end. The end. I enjoyed that this week. Good. I, I didn't drift off, not not once. <laughs> I was like wrapped on the edge of me squeaky chair. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I really enjoyed it. Well, well done, Lucy. So, what did you think of the wedding? It was just nice. And it, like, it felt like we've all been through such a lot, one way or another, over the last it. couple yes. of months. We just needed yes. a nice, happy, calm, uneventful thing. Yes. And that's what we got. You know, and uh, 99.9% of the weddings that I go to are always lovely. Mm. Uh, it, but whenever you switch on the radio or you watch a film of a wedding or a soap of a wedding, you know, 99.9% of them are always disasters. Yeah. You know, which just yeah. isn't the way that life goes. No. And this no. was true to life and it was touching and I just thought, yeah, brilliant. You know, yeah. um, loved it, loved it, loved it. And, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, your boy Andrew Horn said, Royfield, I want you to stand up 
be upstanding and give a round of applause for the uh, Linda yeah. and uh, Mr. Sn and for Robert Snell's uh, kind of like interaction. Yeah. And I didn't do that, but I'm standing up for that. And I'm definitely standing up. And I, I want all of you dummy dummies. You know, whatever you're doing, stop whatever you're doing. If you're running, if you're driving your car, just pull over. If you listen to this in the car, <laughs> pull over. Slam the brakes up. <laughs> if you're on the train, because many people say, I listen to pull this whilst I'm commuting. Cord. Right, just, yeah, well, yeah. no, don't, don't quite go that far. You don't know <laughs> people have fines because of things that I've said on Dumb Jump. But just, just stand up. Whatever you do, just stand up now. Lucy, stand up. Oh. Yeah. Well done. I, I heard, heard the chair being yep. pulled between me. And I just just applaud because that is absolutely lovely. And and that's what we want. Right. That's what we want. Well, <sighs> we don't want it all the time. I don't uh, think no, I can No, no, I, I want happiness all the time. You're such a little Pollyanna, aren't you? <laughs> Pollyanna no. Brown. Yeah, you no, are. No, 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 no. There's enough shit that life throws at us without us wanting to invite the shit. Okay. Is that a Buddhist philosophy? Yeah, absolutely Don't is. invite the shit. Lo all I can't life, remember the Buddha ever saying, don't pain. invite the shit. Well, okay. <laughs> I know whilst, what Whilst he was underneath that, that tree for 49 days, yeah. basically what he says is, all life is pain. You know mm. it's going to happen. Don't invite it. Accept it when it, when it does, though. Mm. And then move on. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. The things that people get from this podcast. Puppies. <laughs> 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 but you know what? It's not about us. We've got so many calls, Lucy B. Freeman, that I reckon we should crack on with them and uh, address them forthwith. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Greetings to Lucy and Royfield and all the Dumpty Dummers from around the world on this beautiful wedding day of Ed and Emma. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here as I'm back from Toronto. Royfield sadly could not join us in Canada, but I had a lovely time and a couple of pints with the quite brilliant Mary Not Contrary. I hope we get to do it again in the future. First, we turn our attention to Rob, who is becoming more and more nefarious. Kudos to Lucy for accurately predicting the course of this story. But how will smoking gun, so to speak, be identified? Or will Rob once again be able to slither out from under the load of crap he dumped in the culvert? If his guilt is established, will he be run out of town on a rail, twirling his mustache, while Helen cries in the corner, defending him to the bitter end? And if so, will Rob shout out to the Ambridge masses as he leaves? Just one more thing before I go. Did you know that Charlie and Adam snogged in the wet grass on New Year's Eve? Well, on to more cheery subjects. I am quite the sentimental one, love a happy ending, and cry during every episode of Call the Midwife, so I was pleased with Ed and Emma's wedding. The scriptwriters pulled that one out of the hat. The reuniting of Ed and Will and Emma was arrived at the wrong way round, Will, with whom I've always sided, was unfairly made out to be a bit of a jerk, but he came through in the end with flying colors. Much thanks, Nick, the unsung heroine. I also give great credit to Emma for maturing so much in the last couple of years. 
Coincidentally, the last song you heard at the festivities was Love is in the Air, which was the song played when a torrent of rose petals were let loose after a handsome husband and I smashed the glass and everyone shouted Mazel Tov at our wedding. So well done, archers. Uh, I'm beginning to feel a little bit verklempt, so it's time for Angus and me to sign off for this week. Speak to you soon. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Okay, first of all we're going to go to Weatherspoon Weatherspoon's corner, blinky, 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 blinky uh, I think you'll find his name's Witherspoon Sorry, Witherspoon Witherspoon is Weatherspoon, a, a chain, chain of, of pubs. pubs Isn't it yeah. kind of gone the way of the dodo? You don't really see Weatherspoons anymore, do you? There's the moon underwater and all that, the awful ones in them, Westwood. Mm. But, anyway. they're all, but they're all kind of like going the way of the dodo. They're all kind of like dying out now, those yeah. weather spoons and whatever. Weather spoon, not weather spoon. Uh, teared up a bit at the wedding. Mm. He did. Uh, but then he said he teared up, he tears up at call the midwife. <laughs> so quite frankly, with a spoon, with, artistically, you've not got mm. a leg to stand on. Um, and he said he's always sided with William. In the in the Grundy Boy feud. Well, I I actually switched sides on this. You know, I did a bit of a Winston Churchill, you know, crossing the aisle, so to speak. Um, when they were teenagers, I was definitely Team Will, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, but as they got older, he just became a sanctimonious, yeah. whiny bastard. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah, okay, Ed was a little bit, went a little bit off the rails and stuff, but Will was just way too much. You know, oh, look at me, I, you know, I'm working, oh, look at me, I'm a... It was like know, he'd never he'd never got over the moral high ground and he was just determined to keep... That became like his badge of honour. I'm not Absolutely. like my brother. So it, that's all his character came became about, mm. was everything that Ed did, he did the opposite just to sort of distinguish himself. Um, absolutely and um so yeah but ed's I, just I, I don't more, understand ed, how ed's just a more relaxed more forgiving more understanding more you know ed kind of because ed has been publicly a disaster i always prefer people like that because they're much more forgiving they're just you know they they've been the, the they've been the idiot and so mm. they're just much more forgiving of other idiots. Do you think that's the reason why you have more fan mail than me? I don't have more fan mail than you. That's so not true, Lucy B. Freeman. You you've just said in your lettery thing, you said people who've cooked for you, sent you food and everything else. <laughs> no one has ever where, when does that even happen? Well that's because you don't go off on on missions around the world to find yourself and your, and, your, and and the meaning of life which is what i did i went to north america and went on a one-person odyssey and i like you know just like walked the land like cane do you remember that kung fu back in the 70s when you just walked the land <laughs> that's what i did i did find but myself the... but like everything else in my life i decided i needed cleaning so i decided to stay in and clean it <laughs> <sighs> well, I was doing cleaning of sorts, more of a spiritual cleaning. Yes. But, you know, but back in... Do you remember Michael Carradine who did... Uh, God, what was it called? What was that programme called? And he, Do you know the one I mean? And he David Carradine. Yeah. They, whatever his name is, something Carradine. He's a real 70s kind of uh, TV star. And he just walked from place to place and just had like adventures and just wanted to be left alone. But like bad things would always happen. He'd have to Kung Fu chop them. 
you remember that? No. It might have been, yeah, I was going to say, it's probably slightly before your time. But he did, but his name was Cain, and he always says, I just walk the earth and whatever, and he was just looking for spiritual enlightenment, and then he'd rack up, and it was set in, uh, like, the 1880s or something like that, you know, cowboy times. And he'd t- turn up into this town, and he'd say, hello, stranger, and he'd go, hello, I just want... Um, bed for the night and lodgings and whatever. Then there'd be some baddie and something terrible would happen. He'd have to kung fu chop them. He was always doing kung fu in the middle and of the And then like, someone you know... would, would come along and cook him an emergency pudding. Is this the link to you? What the <laughs> hell is the link to you? <laughs> the link is, is that... You think it you're wasn't David... That... No, 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 no. Because I can't do kung fu for a start. I can't do kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> Just got this image of you doing kung fu. No, I can't do kung fu. I can't do any martial arts. I tell you what, I can. I can do. I can dance though. I'm pretty good at dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do dad dancing, even though I'm a father. I don't do that. People always comment, Royfield, you drop a mean move, and I do, Lucy. But you see, if somebody comments, it's like if someone says to you, your makeup looks nice, that means you're wearing too much. If someone points out your dancing and says, no, that's no, no, I no. always Listen, think, mm. I'm not hiding my light underneath a bushel when it comes to dancing. There's very few things I can do well, right? I can dance like a demon. All things considered, <laughs> a man who's staring 50 straight in the face, but I don't dance like a 50 year old, I don't dance like a father. And I'm just like, why be modest about it? Blimey. Mm. I challenge any Dum Dum listener to a dance-off. Right here, <laughs> right now. <laughs> on Skype. <laughs> well, um, coming back onto uh, uh, kind of Dum Dum yeah, matters. No, no, oh, screw the archers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's my podcast. I talk about whatever right. crap I want to. No, no, no. I'll, I'm coming back onto the archers. But... Um, with a spoon, because um, uh, we are actually discussing this call, aren't we? We are. Okay, with a spoon is going to be in England soon, right? Now, is he? Yes. Uh, there is some talk on uh, on the Book of Faith on with, with, between some caller inners about this, and I think it's kind of end of July. Now, Ooh. if I'm in uh, Wyoming at that point, or oh, did you watch Eurovision? No. Okay, me. Either. Have we met? Of course, I didn't watch your sodding vision. Okay. If I am in London at that point, I think Lucy, we should organise. We should have a dance off with Witherspoon. Well, no, but Can I think as part of Angus the festivities, Haggis, I might win that. <laughs> but I don't think Angus Haggis can be allowed in the country. Oh. Mm. He could be like Johnny Depp and smuggle him in. And then look what happened there. Yeah. Mm. So don't do with that with a spoon. But um, I think we should organise a summer Dum uh, Dum Dum extravaganza. Yay! And uh, Witherspoon can have pride of place. Yeah. And we'll grab people from the four corners of this United Kingdom, which won't be united. From the four too much corners longer. of West One. <laughs> yes. No, no, because you'll come all the way from E17, won't you? Yes. Mm. And uh, we'll do something pretty big and momentous. So if you are a Dum Dum Dumber, that likes to hang out and uh, do cool things and watch me drop some shapes on the dance floor. Um, and I'll be behind picking them up. Gird your loins for a big do type thing. Uh, I can't bear an ungirded loin. <laughs> That's around the horn. 
Before everyone writes in and says, you've nicked that, mm. round the corner. Yes, All right, so are we done with Witherspoon's call now? Can we move on? Hello, Dumpty Dum, Claire from Scotland via Canada here. I've been catching up on the podcast. And I was listening with interest to Mary Not Contrary's theory that musicality somehow affects how easily or otherwise you identify the new characters one from another. As you know, I do sing, and I certainly find I'm struggling less than I think some people are to tell these people actors apart, and I've heard from quite a few different places that it's hard to tell who said what, when, and who was in what scene. And we circulated, as a matter of point of interest, among um, the people on a message board I follow, a quiz that took all the actors' voices, all the male voices of the characters in the archers, and it played you a line or two in sound clips and made you identify who had said what. And what was remarkable about it, actually, was not how many of the new characters misidentified, but also a lot of the long-standing characters, like Alistair and Tony and David, who we all thought we'd recognise at once. And the only character who was correctly identified by everybody was Brian. And I do think of all of the men, he has the most distinctive, most easily recognisable voice. He suffers least from, I think, what Lucy said Harriet had once called tired man syndrome. Uh, The other thing is I do wonder if some of these newer characters haven't got sort of the actor's equivalent to what a singer would say is a lack of artistry. Anyway, what I mean by that is you get a lot of new emerging singers who sing very well, audition very well, in terms of making the music sound like more than singing. Uh, They can't necessarily, and it might be lovely to listen to, but it's a bit flat in terms of feeling and phrasing and shaping the phrases so that they sound exciting. And I partly wonder if some of the reason we're struggling to tell apart these new actors is that they don't they haven't got the trick of um sounding individual making it individual and interesting on radio for the listener so that in the meantime they've all got very good drama school diction and delivery but also sound reasonably similar because they've all got the same intonations and until they do manage to make it individual it's a bit difficult for people to tell them one from another. As I say, I'm not finding it too difficult, but on the other hand, I've always had very good hearing, I think, to compensate for not having very good eyesight, and I don't know how much of a difference that's making. Wish you all the best, and loving the podcast as ever. Take care. Um, But she says maybe the new characters haven't sort of settled in yet. She said singers have sort of shaping phases where they kind Mm. of, they can't initially bring light and shade to the voice because they haven't sort of bedded in yet um so maybe that's what will happen i thought her call was very interesting in terms of the analysis of of voices and exactly that um but i think there's a couple of processes going on here and obviously there is this push to have actors who are in inverted commas actors which wasn't always the case um, on the archers so the lady that plays Susan Carter actually has a day job and she's some kind of academic does she work in a university she's a psychotherapist oh yeah okay so many of the actors and Will Grundy I think is Terry Malloy's son isn't he I have no idea the actor that plays Will Grundy is Mike so that's just nepotism there i think but that's why uh the new regime wanted to sort of uh, bring in people that he felt actually had the acting credentials to mm. and i i completely and utterly uh, on the one hand understand that yeah. but i think what does happen and this happens in all kind of uh long running dramas is that there's a certain kind of alchemy between the actor and the listener. 
mm-hmm. and and the writer to to a degree. So there's no way there's no way about it that when the when Linda Snell was first introduced into the Archers, she was a pain in the ass, and mm. she was she she was like the stone in your shoe. Mm. But over time, um, you became accustomed to to her and the way that she spoke, and and you kind of accepted it. And I think what's kind of happening here is they're throwing a whole load of new characters in, and there's going to be a natural kind of Darwinian kind yeah. of self-selection process and you'll say this character is a bit indistinct and he'll fall away yeah this one will become a fan favorite and and then and they'll stay and uh but taking that completely to one side there is also the julie walters uh thing and oh crumbs what's the 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 lovely actress that's in w1a rebecca Uh, front no she's not in um, w1a is she um oh she was also in the royal family and Sue Johnston no 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 oh no. sorry um Jessica Hines and you know why this is really bad and embarrassing because I actually know Jessica Hines and I've spoken <laughs> to her on numerous occasions <laughs> her her daughter she has a son and daughter that used to go to the local school here oh. so we, we've spoken quite a few times and her name completely escaped me but on a on a slightly more wider cultural societal tip um, actors are because the acting profession is becoming much more middle class. There's absolutely no two ways about it. Well, because it has to be because no one else can afford it. Well, it, it's it's not even just that, but it's also the informal networks that any kind of industry kind of runs by. That if you can afford to, um, if you can afford to, I don't know, kind of intern. If you can afford to. Um, sleep on someone's settee whilst being in London uh, for a year or three, uh, the chances are you're doing that through some kind of informal network, which then just goes goes to reinforce uh, formal networks. So you have the same types of people uh, within that industry. And, you know, how many actors, uh, how many successful actors outside of soaps funnily enough, you know, can we all name that have working class uh, accents Mm, in the last 10, 15 years? We can't. You you absolutely will struggle. Yeah. You know, and I just think that what's happening here in the arts is just really just, um, you know, just a symptom of that. that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That whether it's our politicians, whether it's our actors, um, I read a really interesting article. Um, I forget by which opinion writer in the Guardian this week and he talked about going to Bradford and going to and he said I went to Bradford for whatever reason um, recently and beautiful Victorian station he said it's absolutely magnificent red brick Victorian station and how Bradford used to be the capital of the wool trade in, in you know in, yeah. in in the UK and how you had JB Priestley you have Hockney famous Bradfordians and he says, within a generation and a half, if you look at anybody famous who's from Britain, they'll all be from London and the southeast. Mm. Yeah. And it's you know, and it's absolutely the yeah. case, absolutely the case. And dare I say, you know, me moving from the from the shires from from Birmingham down to London, um, you know, just you know, I followed the money too. Yeah. You know, but and me. So, yeah. You know, it's something which I've uh, I bang on. Uh, at to our American cousins in particular when you look at 
the United States and the fact that um, if you want to go into finance in America, you'll go to New York. If you want to go to acting, you've got to go into acting, you go to uh, Los Angeles. If you mm. want to be going to software, you'll go to San Francisco. Yeah. You know, they have very uh, diffuse centers of power. And mm. most countries do. You know, ditto Italy. If you want to go into fashion, you go to Milan. If you want to go into mm. finance, you know, you might go to, I don't know whether to, no, you want to go into manufacturing, go to Turin. Yeah. If you want to go into, the, you know, into government, then you go to Rome type mm. of thing. In the UK, it's London is the answer for all of those yeah. things. Yeah. And so it's not by accident that in our creative professions, in uh, software development, in manufacture, we have the same types of people who kind of all know each other. Yeah. You know, uh, who all, all kind of sound the same, look the same. Mm. And it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why um, I'm very much kind of pro uh, devolution de- because I think there needs to be a top-down solution mm. to uh, to the, the London waiting of the UK. Yeah, and hopefully that answers Claire from Scotland's uh, call. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt Claire from Scotland can even remember what her call was about, to be honest. But Blind Blind Spirit kind of agrees with you. Uh, in her call she talks mm-hmm. about the delivery and the accent of these young actors being very similar and that they all have a hint of estuary English she said there is an mm-hmm. element of London to their mm-hmm. tones um, or an element of sort of metropolitanism um, mm-hmm. so shall we have her call now oh let's do that Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blight Spirit calling. Um, firstly, Lucy, I hope you're fully recovered from your illness last week. Um, it all sounded a bit grim. Okay, so this week in Ambridge, blimey, Rob, bad man, very, very bad man, blocking culverts. He's not going to get out of this one so easily, is he? Because this is not just a question of answering to Damara Capital or Charlie. This is, well, it's environmental crime, um, which is very, very serious. And apart from anything else, if Scruff is still missing and he's never found then Rob will have murdered a dog. We can't have that. Mm, guilty. So, yes. The unfortunate thing about this is that Helen is going to be a casualty of all these little landmines that Rob has kind of dropped all over the place. It's just a question now of seeing how and when they're going to go off. Uh, but quite frankly, it's better that she discovers now rather than later before she signs on the line. Once she's married to him, it's going to be an absolute nightmare. Anyway, so I just wanted to respond briefly to the discussion we've been having about actors sounding the same. Now, I'm not really having so much of a problem with the older actors. It's the newer ones, the new Tom, uh, Charlie, the Fair Brothers. And I think Lucy's right. There is something about the current crop of um, actors that are coming out of drama school, the way that they're being coached, to sound exactly the same. And their delivery and their accent is very kind of RP, which is your basic standard English, with the edge taken off it. They sound a bit London. And if you, any of you watch any of the English soap operas, um, you will find this, that quite a lot of the 20-something actors sound very similar, and indeed they actually look very similar as well. One way that you can listen for this in The Archers is to compare the newer actors with the slightly older ones, um, and there is definitely a, a, a marked difference in the delivery. For example, Rob, who sounds very rada. Now, the very first time that Rob came into The Archers, my reaction was, this man is not a cow farmer, he's an actor. A-C hyphen T-O-R. <laughs> he just sounds very, very actorish. Um, whereas the newer ones have a more informal style of delivery, but unfortunately it is more generic. So that's kind of my reaction to that. 
I do have musical training. I've played guitar for a very long time. I've sung in choirs. I've played in orchestras, that kind of stuff. And I'd like to think my pitch is pretty good. But I am having a problem with these voices. And I actually do believe that they are remarkably similar. I'm still loving the podcast. Keep up the fantastic work. And uh, hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers now. Bye. Uh, She also says... Uh, what Rob did if Rob did it bunged up the culvert that's environmental crime good anything that involves the word crime with Rob means that we can bang him up which would be excellent and he also said he probably murdered Scruff I'm not <laughs> sure about that <laughs> I'm not sure that would stand up in any formal mm. court but sod it let's do yes let's just say that anyway mm. um, talking of culverts Hi, Royfield and Lucy and everyone. This is Vicky Cole in Kenya. I hope you're feeling better this week, Lucy. Um, I just want to say thank you very much, Yokel Bear, for an excellent explanation of culverts. That was most illuminating. So this week in Ambridge, the mystery of the culvert deepens. I think Charlie sounded innocent, but who knows? It will be very interesting to see how that unfolds. And the big story of the week, the wedding. Oh, it was all so sweet and so lovely. Um, Making the bunting at the hen night and Clary's new dress and Ed and Emma choking up in their vows and Will's lovely best man speech after everything that's happened. And then the Bridge Farm honeymoon present. I mean, it was just lovely. Really enjoyed it all. And I hope that it, uh, it all works out and I hope that the truce between Will and Ed will last. But we shall see. I think that's it for now. Bye, everyone. Bye. Uh, Vicky Cole in Kenya um, said she's very grateful to Yokel Bear for his illuminating talk on culverts. Good heavens. With no, a... Just, with know, a just, what? I just realised no Yokel Bear this week. No. Good God. Hope he's all right. Yokel Bear, you all right? <laughs> I, I, I know I say I don't like you much because... <laughs> <laughs> because you're from that town who that we sh- shan't mention. Well, actually, I tell you what, Lucy. What? He's probably going to leave Swindon. <gasps> I said it. I, s- I said the S word. He's probably going to leave. He's got a job. So why would that explain why he hasn't rung in? Well, no, I'm just. He hasn't rung in, so I'm worried. But I'm just saying he's actually going to leave that Is town. It? Who's yeah, 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 yeah? He's got a job, so he might actually move move to Bristol. Oh. That, that was on the book of face. There's so many things on Facebook. That you're just missing out on Lucy's agreement. Mm. Anyway, I don't care though, but I, I know. Um, uh, th- yes, wither the culvert. Uh, mm. Yokel Bear's very talk in the village hall. That's very interesting. Thank you, Yokel mm. Bear. No, um, very good. And she wants to know who the hell is Barry? Yes, Barry of the banging crisp packet. Mm. He suddenly appeared, banged his crisp packet, left. We don't know who he is. <laughs> um, but apparently he's a regular I love the way that they talk about these regulars when we've been all been listening for sort of 400 years and never bloody heard of them anyway uh, Catherine Bajant emergency pudding Catherine Bajant hello Dumpty Dum this is Catherine Bajant a first time caller in era um, I'm an emergency pudding fan from last week um, but I've only been listening to the podcast for a few weeks now so please be gentle with me I really wanted to give you a call about the big wedding of Ed Grundy and Emma Grundy Grundy, which I thought was very sweet. Did get slightly leaky eyes, which I didn't think I would. Um, I nearly believed the best man thing by the end, but not quite. But I was a bit concerned. There was a few unanswered questions for me. I was a bit worried where Alan was. 
Um, and also where Alice and Christopher were, because surely Christopher is Emma's brother. So I don't know why he wasn't at the wedding. But to be honest, the most important thing that I was bothered about all the way through was Clary's outfit. We'd had that big setup with Fallon being tasked in the end to go and find a vintage outfit for her, which, to be honest, I think when people say vintage, they normally mean found in a charity shop. So I was extremely worried about what she'd unearthed. And I was waiting with quite a bit of anticipation to see what Clary would do, because I think she's quite a proud lady. I can't believe she'd be too thrilled about getting some stinky, horrible nylon number from some smelly charity shop somewhere. Maybe I'm doing Fallon a bit of a disservice, but anyway. But nothing, nothing at all. So I was a bit worried about what um, Clary actually did wear to the wedding. I hope she wasn't rocking up in her bra and pants or her Grundy undies. That would have been a little bit of a shocker. I am not particularly convinced that Caroline is the best judge of uh, wedding fashion either. I think she's the type of woman that would head straight at maximum speed for country casuals or Viella. I bet she's the kind of woman that irons a crease down the front of her jeans. So, yeah, I was very concerned about that. And it was an, it's an unanswered question, to be honest, it's been keeping me awake at night. Anyway, I'm very happy to have found your podcast. I love having Dumpty Dum here because at least it means it stops me yelling out loud at the radio in a sad and lonely fashion. I know there's lots of other people all doing that at the same time as me now, so that's great. So thank you very much. I shall keep listening. She's a first-time caller in her. She says, uh, be gentle with her. She very much enjoyed the wedding of Ed and Emma Grundy Grundy. Um, she said by the end of it, she'd almost started to believe the best man thing. But she makes a very interesting point. Where was Christopher and where was Alice? Mm. A, Christopher is Emma's brother. Not a peep from him. Wouldn't he have been considered for best man as a friend of Ed? Uh, Alice... Wedding wedding designer, you know, a nuclear physicist, disappeared, uh. wasn't there at all, never mentioned, never got involved, never helped, never even turned up to the Hindu. Are you clipping your nails? No. Um, Good. There's a there's a little a little torch here. A little, you know the type that. You and take you are fiddling with it. And I'm fiddling with it. Yes. Stop fiddling. So I was, no, 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 listen, I was deep actually in thought. I was actually really concentrating on the call because the only thing I can put it down to, so I don't think it's negligence on the part of the writers, it's just uh, budget cuts. You know, yeah. they couldn't fit all those actors in without paying them. It's as simple as But they as could that. at least have mentioned them. Doesn't Alice look lovely or, you know, look at Christopher in his loincloth dangling off that crucifix, you know, something. <laughs> You are right. There, there are ways that could, could, could have mentioned. I mean, even mm. Clary only got one sentence. And considering all that palaver with her dress, her yeah. outfit. And also, mm. what you? <coughs> sorry, I'm getting all all, go on. all, all go coffee on. and spluttery. You mm. don't go and buy somebody a wedding outfit without them there. You give if you're going to be that you know interferingly patronising. You give them the vouchers and mm. say off you pop. And you no, look no. lovely, and you know you don't control it to that. Now, Clary, you're a bit poor and a bit thick, all right? So we're gonna choose it for you, yes. And mm. you just turn up wearing it, and we, you look lovely, <laughs> won't you? Yes, lovely. You know, piss off. I'll decide for myself. She'd probably much rather be dressed as a ferret. <laughs> She's. I tell you what, Catherine Bates is damn right though. 
absolutely caroline bone would have gone her i still call her caroline bone i don't care she would have headed straight for country casuals and viella (laughs) 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 oh dear um but yes no i thought that was unbelievably patronizing it was treating Mm. clary as if she was retarded you think look she just hasn't got any money it doesn't mean she she's not capable of making good choices given the money she would make good choices if you want to give her the money give her the sodding money anyway right next Mm. um now we have our first can we have our uh, trumpet voluntary our first time caller inera from a member of the royal family hello this is morris snell first time in caller but avid listener to the podcast since episode one you were asking for more john connections so let me just get my family tree and then i can tell you that my mother's father's mother's father's mother's mother's father's 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 mother's father's mother's 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 father's mother's 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 father's father's father or more simply my 20 greats grandfather is king john of england thus putting me in the estimated 25% of the British population directly descended from the Plantagenet royal family, but probably a much smaller proportion that have a detailed family tree to prove it, thanks to various relatives with far more historical research skill than I do. So that's my John connection. And emergency puddings, yes, definitely mashed banana with cream, but you've got to also add honey and some lemon juice, and then it's fantastic. So thanks for the excellent work, and keep it up. Bye for now. Oh, yes. Well, wait a minute. He's not the only royal on this podcast, though. Is he not? Who else, then? I'm descended from Macbeth, remember? You made that up. No. You do know you're black, don't you? You know what? The the deep ignorance and racism you've just displayed there <laughs> is breathtaking, Freeman. Was it a right. dog whistle? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Take that out! No, no. no. <laughs> That was not a dog whistle. You shouted that through a megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but go on, go on. No, I'm, I, I'm, I am, oh, I was going to say I'm longing to hear. I'm not at all how you're related to Macbeth. But Morris Snell, good mm. name. Are you related to Linda? He's related to Linda Snell and the royal family. What could possibly be better? Um, he's a Plantagenet. Apparently, uh, and I love the fact that he's a first-time caller in Tells us he's a Plantagenet, and all he wants to talk about is emergency puddings, and that you have to add honey <laughs> and lemon juice with the banana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, no, he's related to a Plantagenet and King John. King John. So, yeah. and there's something he, he is uh, our I forget how many million people in the UK are actually 25, direct. He said twenty-five percent or something. Yeah, it's something outrageous. Now, many, many, many podcasts ago, I explained that um, from my mother's mother, I am a direct descendant from um, Duffus, uh, who, who is in the of who, Mac- sorry? who is the son of Macbeth. Could you just say that? What descended from who? Macduff, Duffus, right? Duffus. <laughs> Every yes, you're a doofus. Yes. That's what you're yes. saying. Yes, yes, you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you'd said it too quickly for me. <laughs> I idiot. tried to just quickly I just know, like you okay, did. all right. You know so, you don't stand a chance. This a is how it works, right? So Macbeth, 
was a real king of Scotland in about the 960s. He was a real king and you are a doofus. He had a son, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Macduff. All descendants of Macduff have this, well, not all, but the family name is Duffus. Doof. Not Doofus, <laughs> Duffus, right? There is uh, there is an area just outside of Inverness, uh, and there is a church and whatever, and it's Duffus and blah blah blah, and that is the family seat. Now, the <laughs> Duffus family, the shut your cake hole and listen, learn something. <coughs> I hope you choke on whatever you're <laughs> coughing on. Royfield, son of Doofus. <laughs> listen. People don't want to hear you <laughs> laughing. They want to learn about my royal connections. <laughs> now, right, so. The Duffus family. <laughs> you really hurt my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me laugh now. Stop it. Right. So, the Duffus family moved to Jamaica in the 18th century had some slaves and as is the and as is the way back then had their way with the slaves right another branch of the Duffus family roundabout hey it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag hit up quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com upgrade one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. At the 1840s went to Jamaica and you can go on the interwebs and type in Duffus family Duffus family wedding Kingston Jamaica and in about 1908 you will see this picture of Victorian kind of splendor and before people say I know it's the Edwardian age but it looks Victorian and they're all white right Okay, so you're a white doofus. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. you know. I absolutely hate you. I think I'm just but anyway, <laughs> so I am a direct descendant from uh, from Macbeth. From a doofus. All right. However, let's put this all in 
perspective. <sighs> right? Yeah. Ever heard of a gentleman <laughs> called Charlemagne? Yep. Yeah. Alright, who was he then, if you heard of him? Was he a dude for To the listeners out there on the podcast, Charlemagne was the first Holy Roman Emperor. <laughs> he was crowned by the Pope in 800 AD. He was ruler over modern-day France, modern-day Germany, the Low Countries, uh, Northern Italy, and people thought Roman Empire's come back. He was crowned in Aachen in Germany. Every white European is a direct descendant of Charlemagne. So that puts everything slightly in perspective. Right. So are you white? You're not making me a doofus. You're not a doofus. You're direct. Listen, you're like <laughs> bloody royal. You are imperial <laughs> even. Yay. There right, you go. Bloody right. There you uh, go. <coughs> You know what? You collected I've just yourself. To, my, my mascara is now. Do you put round, mascara on to do dumpy dumpy? It's round my kneecap. You know it's not a video podcast, so don't you? No. <laughs> Can they not see me? I've been dressing up every week. <laughs> <laughs> and waving. No one. No, I had mascara on. Anyway, not for this. Uh, but now I haven't got any on because I've just cried laughing it all off. Oh, mm. dear me. Ah. <sighs> <clears throat> Yes. Yes. Right. Let's collect ourselves. Let's continue on with this podcast, please. Okay. Right. Who's next? Uh, <laughs> Paul Room. It's been a very moving week in Ambridge with something I thought I'd never hear that caused my tears to flow. Of course, I'm not referring to the Grundy brothers' rapprochement as they were sobs and tears of anguish, not joy caused by an absolutely startling quad of right you are's over the course of the week that must be a record. When I first started listening out for right you are's many years ago, they were as rare as a lesser spotted woodpecker, but now are heard as frequently as a pheasant flying up when startled by Jim and Robert at the sewage works. It wasn't the mere fact that this phrase was used four times this week by Ed and Joe on Sunday, Helen on Thursday, in a brilliant comedy country yokel accent that I think was the effect of the flowing wine at the sewing bee, and Tom on Friday. It was the way it was practically yodelled by the various characters. I know these are only written into the script to rub my nose in it, but this is all a bit much. I listened to the episodes in my garden on my iPod while cutting the grass and I'm afraid I may have upset the neighbours with the involuntary screams and expletives that I let out each time it was said. It came to me that it was all building up to an amazing crescendo when at the altar Ed and Emma instead of replying I will in response to the solemn wedding vows would say right you are to each other as an Ambridge alternative. Alas, this didn't make it into the wedding episode, but I have it in my head them saying this anyway, and it made for a lovely service. <laughs> he it, he really made me... This is the second time I've become hysterical this week. Um, 
pool room uh, said they were f- he's he's getting fanatical about right you are's there were four of them over the course of the week there were two at the mm. wedding mm. um he said he's now mowing his lawn and shouting as he listens to the archers there's so one, even though one he's of disturbed- them on thunderbirds this week was there mm. it's catching i think he's now kind of um see he's now he's now adding Right, you are in like he's doing piecework or something. <laughs> kind of he's <laughs> fanatically counting them. Um, and he was wondering whether or not Ed and Emma might say, right, you are, instead of I do at the church. <laughs> do you take this woman? Right, you are. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but thank you, Paul. You have, you made my stomach, you made my, uh, made me laugh so much my stomach hurt. And so is Royfield now. So that's very good. More of that. Um, oh, dear. Um, Jojo Sexy Heels has been to Hungary. That's why she has mm. rung in. Um, oh, but there's a picture of her in her Dumpty Dum gear. Excellent. Yeah. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Haven't called in for a couple of weeks. I've been on my travels and I've been to Hungary. Anyway, thought I'd better call in. I really enjoyed this week's omnibus episode. Loved the, the stiltedness, the awkwardness between Will and Ed. And the fact that they did actually make up, even though Will was doing a little bit of the one-upmanship of I was there first. My favourite, Susan. I just love the fact that somehow or other the scriptwriters managed to squeeze in the references to Susan and Neil's sex life. The fact that it was red hot before, um, before Emma came along was the reason why they got married. And obviously, it's still red hot now with the um, chilli for supper. Love it, love it, love it. Keep it up script wide because we really need um, Susan to keep letting everybody know that her and Neil have the strongest marriage in Ambridge. And I actually think they really probably do. Anyway, I'll uh, call in again soon and um, speak to you all later. OK, bye bye. And she was talking about Susan and Neil's sex life. Mm. Uh, the fact that Carter the unstoppable sex <laughs> yes um, that uh, yeah they, 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 there's you know the chilli Neoline making a chilli and um, you know the fact that she was up the clangor when she uh, got married and you know they do yeah they do have it they're a bit like well sort of like the Snells in that their marriage is a mystery to each other to everybody but each other <laughs> really you know, so it's quite it's quite nice really how it all mm. works there was now who was it he was a very famous politician. i need a cuddle lucy why mm, just want one well, well i can't can i i'm in east london mm. oh why because i said about their marriage being successful and a mystery to everyone else except them and because you just belittled me you've belittled oh, me no. for I'm so, it was just, mm. it wasn't the, it was just the word, the word that I can't say because I'll start again. But, and the fact that you tried to say. Because well, I'm black. No. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's what you said. <laughs> it was the word of your descendants and the fact that you tried to skip over it quickly because you <laughs> knew I would pick it up <laughs> and that's what made me start and then I couldn't stop. I've got a sneaky feeling that the fact that, um, <clears throat> we call idiots doofuses mm. uh, in the English language is probably to do with 
King Duffus of Scotland, you know, <laughs> Macduff, and the fact that he's probably a bit of an arse. I, I really, I think the two things are probably not unconnected. Oh, dear. Mm. Um, uh, what was I going to say then? That, yes, there was a, a quote uh, one politician said about another. This dreadful power couple. This was in the Victorian. Was it, was it, was, it might have been Disraeli, I'm not sure. I know, and I can't think. Um, and he said that they did the world a great service by marrying each other, this couple, because then they just made two people miserable and not four. And uh, I kind of think <laughs> there's an element of that to Linda and Robert and Susan and Neil in that not, no one else would be able to put up with either of them. So they kind of, you know, it's all worked out quite nicely. Uh, Cosmo. I kind of, I know where you were going with that, but you used the wrong, wrong analogy there because actually Linda is a lovely person and so is Robert and so is Neil. Susan's the, the Harrogan. It's just, she's no, but not nice. Linda is a lovely person, but my God, she's hard work. I mean, would you, would you go on a four hour car journey anywhere with Linda without wanting to push her out the window after about half an hour? <laughs> Because I don't think that's that my that's my benchmark. Would I go on a long journey with someone? We've never been on a long journey, have we? Exactly. Good heavens! Ah, have right, we been no. on a journey? We sound like pop idol. I've been on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmo. I'm, I'm back from Canada. My wife goes on holiday in four weeks, but I don't. For those interested, and. Who have not been to Canada, you should go. Based on our experience, the sun shines nearly all the time and the Rocky Mountaineer is fabulous. Top class food and hospitality just about everywhere. Avoid via rail at all costs. Even our southern railway is better at running trains and that is saying something. I want to know when Jenny is opening her detective agency. First, the unresolved mystery of John Toboggan's murder by Carol and now the effort expended by Rob in seeking to clear a culvert which was obviously blocked by the builders. She should investigate some other things. For example, is Rex gay? If not, why has he ignored Pip's flirting? After all, if she goes much further, she might as well be laying down on the ground with her legs apart, with due apologies to all PC people. Talking of gay men, why has Kate vanished instead of chasing Charlie if she likes drugs? Then, perhaps Jenny can move on to find out how it is possible for a button girl to be a secret weapon. And, perhaps she could look for the missing. Where are Kathy, Jamie, Lizzie, the Frillies, Feebles, Kate, and Alistair and Christopher, you know, her own family members? Should she be looking for Alistair's brain? And can she explain Captain Peacock's farm? The entire village knows there is no land available in South Borsetshire, except Pitt who has suddenly found a new farm of 70 acres. Did the flood shrink the local farm so a new one was created in the gaps? By the way, I might have left a false impression last week. The Robert and Linda scene, I agree, was fantastic and absolutely put those characters together beautifully. It's just the whole burning story which I found very trying and it went on again for a whole day. Anyway, must go. I've got to start thinking about another holiday. Bye for now. So there we are. Yes. He's quite right, as always. Good old Cosmo. Um, uh, but it, this this newfound friskiness in your voice, Cosmo, is disturbing. We want to know why. Um, and Chiaz said similar thing about 
Pip's appalling um, flirting. Horse paintings. <laughs> Hi, dudes. It's Allison, just calling in for the first time in a while um, to say this has been a great week on The Archers. I know if, you know, if last week was an iffy week to just get into it, this one was great. It was great. It had everything. It had the cricket. It had a good old-fashioned country wedding with interpersonal drama. It had a twitcher fight, which is my favorite thing ever. Just thinking of Jim and Robert stumbling through the undergrowth and punching each other. Uh, It had agricultural intrigue. It has slimy backhanded gits trying to drown other people. It has has shady foreign spies, (laughs) which, of course, are near and dear to my heart, as I am one. Um, It had the works. It was everything. My favorite thing was Jenny... Jenny and her latte. It's like, Jenny, you want to be a PI? You got to drink whiskey all day, every day. You know, you're not, you're not turning into Philip Marlowe anytime soon, I'm afraid. Um, my main thoughts though for today are about Pip. Pip and her flirting, which is rubbish, but that's cool. I have, I have many memories of being a young woman with too much confidence and just no game whatsoever. So that's fine. But Philippa, take it from me, a woman who is older than you are, stay away from those boys those fair brother brothers stay away from them they are not good news first of all they played rugby at durham and having known the rugby team in durham for years that's not good news (laughs) you want to stay away from those boys those boys in their their canterbury shell trousers and their popped rugby collar shirts stay away from that you don't want that besides anybody who makes fun of you for wanting to vote is fucking lame you don't need that you want somebody who respects your your urge to be a good citizen. Do what I did. Find a nice, sensitive boy from the Midlands, a poet. You know that's gonna do. That's gonna do you much better. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope this is gonna come in right under the wire. So I hope it comes in okay. But uh, yeah, love the podcast. Always do. Keeps me company on the bus to and from work. It's great. All right, over and out. Cheers. Bye now. heavy-handed <clears throat> flirting which she said is sort of the hallmark of of the younger woman who's kind of doesn't really know what she's doing there's no element of subtlety to it well you know the reason for that though. part of the reason for that is because uh we do all of our meeting of prospective partners online now so the 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 art of chatting someone up is uh something is a relic of the 1990s and and before Really? No, no. Listen, there's academic studies being written about it, and if there if there hasn't been, I'll just made that up. There should be. There really should. God, that's terrible, isn't no, it? No, it's all everybody so swiping left ode... and swiping right. Jeez, so it's gone from ode to a mistress eyebrow, to to like lol. God, that's <laughs> terrible. Well, it's all right for you because you're you're out of that game, you yeah, know, uh, Lucy B. Freeman. Yes. But for the poor buggers still in it, you know, uh, things have rapidly changed, yeah. rapidly changed. And if you've got any level of kind of social skill in terms of or, or kind of confidence and whatever, you know, it, it, it's like as rare as hen's teeth in terms of chatting to the opposite sex. Blimey. You know, I remember back in the day, <clears> we used to go to the powerhouse in Birmingham and my mate Darren Roper. He used to like, spend all week thinking of chat-up lines. And he comes out, oh, I've got a new chat-up line, got a new chat-up oh, line. Oh, that's so nice. You know, and, and we'd go, okay, try it out, try it out. And then, you know, it, and then have to down a couple of pints before he got the, the courage. And he said, oh, I really like it, I really like it. And he'd walk up there with, with his chat-up line. There's no such thing as chat-up lines anymore. You swipe left, you swipe right. You meet someone in a coffee shop. 
Blimey. So no wonder poor Pip's heavy-handed. Because the thing is, you can't have her... Well, I'd be much more realistic if she was on Tinder or this new one called Happen, I think it's called, of course, without any vowels in it or something or another. And uh, and she swiped left and swiped right and says, oh, that looks like that Rex Fairbrother. Yeah. That's just moved to the... That's much more realistic. Blimey. Mm. I'd say if we've got any... Any people who are single under the age of 35, please email in or tweet or whatever the heck you do or Facebook and 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 genuinely say if you've actually met a member of the opposite sex in a bar who you didn't know, or you weren't set up to meet. And I'll tell you, don't happen. I got chatted up by an Irish man in the pub a couple of weeks ago. Are you under 35? <clears throat> no. There and you he, go. And then. he said, mm. I think you're very attractive in that. And then, he, <laughs> and then he said, have I done that right? <laughs> I said, no. Then I said, technically, yes, but no. <laughs> and that. I don't know what and that was. <sighs> Bless him. Why are you in this bar by yourself, really? I, was, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. Sounds like you were looking looking for action. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't the same. Oh, oh and uh, email Rinneras. We've mm. also had John the Second. Yes. Who says there is a stage in life where watching a TV programme is more about trying to remember what other programmes such and such a character has been in mm. rather than watching what it is that they are playing now. Yes, I sympathise. Um, yesterday, while watching, watching episode one of The Game, there was a variation on this. I knew immediately what other part the person had played, even though I had never seen them on TV before. It was the voice that gave away David Archer, playing the mm. Home Secretary. So that position in our cabinet should clearly go to him, he says. Uh, bearing in mind that we very clearly said which listeners should be, should be in, the, uh, in the government. Yes. But yes, still. And he said, go to David Archer. Yeah. Tim and Bedding. he said, I wonder if he's been in other TV programmes or is he just starting? And we'll have to have another David if he's successful. <laughs> I'm presuming you're joking, John, as he's been an actor for, God, nearly 40 years now. Um, and he started off, well, his main one that he's most known for is uh, By the Sword Divided, Civil War drama in the 80s. Um, and he most recently has been in the thick of it, wasn't he? I was wandering round Marlebone the other day and Not I bumped off. into Bentinck Street. Ah. Oh. Yes. Ah. Mm. Um, and uh, Rory's secret aunt, Kiara, uh, mm. has emailed us and said... I'm sorry, Kiara, you sent this a while ago, so you're probably not still there. But anyway, uh, I don't know how I managed to miss this message. Um, she said, I just wanted to drop a note to say a huge thank you for the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Um, I usually listen on my commute from Tunbridge Wells to the city, but currently listening to the most recent episode in the rainforest in Belize while on my honeymoon. Well, if she's still in Belize and she listens to this, which I very much doubt, I hope she stood up and applauded. Yeah. I don't think you should be listening to our podcast on your honeymoon. I think there are other things you should probably be doing. Listen, anyway. she's probably... Her husband, a new husband, is probably exhausted from all the exertions. <laughs> and, and whilst he was gathering himself, gathering his strength, you know, just put on a quick dum de dum Brace yourself, love. Yes. Uh, and Ralph B. Mm. Um, who was talking about mouth trifle. 
which you and Mrs. Bentos started, didn't you? Well, no, no, she started it. Mrs. I just publicised. She ah, started okay. it on the Book of Face. I then took it to the Twitters. He said, I first heard of Mouth Trifle from Peter Bainham. Where is he now? On BBC Radio 1's 1993 comedy show Fist of Hun, which then turned into uh, Richard Herring and Stuart Lee. Uh, The sketch was repeated in the BBC 2 TV version of the show in 1995. Ingredients, slice of Mighty White, half of a Mr Kipling custard slice, tablespoon of jam, swig of sherry. Method, chew up the Mighty White, but don't swallow. Do the same with the custard slice. Add a tablespoon of jam to your mouth, then add the swig of sherry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds lush. So there we go. There were people are still sending emergency pudding pictures. I know. Um, who's our auntie? Jan from Camp. No, that's oh. not our auntie. Yes. Uh, How can you forget? Auntie Jean. Yeah. What do you mean? Auntie how can I forget? Jean. You bloody forgot. You just no, asked I me. didn't. No, I didn't. I was seeing if you were on the ball, Lucy. Auntie Jean sent something through on emergency trifles. You know, people. I think this one is going to run and run, as they say. Good. Hmm. Yes. Uh, I was just having a look at my phone then because I was trying to find a picture that someone. I think Jan from Can sent one of a marshmallow sandwiched between. I think you'll find that was Auntie Jean. Oh, was it? Oh, was that the one? I Sorry, I'm was. getting all my all my all my ladies muddled up. Ha <laughs> uh, Yes, that's it. End of calls. End, uh, was it end of calls? Uh, yes, it was. End of calls. End of emails. Mm. A lot of people on the book of face um, said, "Well done for you for uh, completing." The podcast. Oh yes, I meant to say thank you so so much to everybody that um, messaged me and everything to say I hope you're feeling better and all that. It was absolutely horrible that was, and to be honest, I found the script from last week this morning, and it was like reading something I had never read before. <laughs> it just none of I can't remember anything about it apart from the fact that I felt diabolical. Um, mm. But thank you very much everybody for your very kind sweet messages. I am much better. Now, especially after that enormous laugh that Royfield has given me. And um, yes, I feel heaps better. So thank you very, very much for everybody. You're very kind. Do and I'm not... sorry it was a bit grim. <laughs> Do you not think black people can be royalty? Yes, I wasn't laughing at the fact that you're the black Macbeth. I was laughing at I'm the not word Macbeth. doofus. I'm not Macbeth. No, yeah. first off, if you rewind this, right, you'll find that you would disparage me when I said that I descended from royalty. And you says, how is that possible? Because you're black. Right. Then, what then creased you up doubly was the <laughs> fact that uh, my link to said same royalty was a duffus. <laughs> See, it set you off again. Again, honestly, it's hurting now. <laughs> but listen, it's ser- serious thing though. Yeah. My my uh, forebear, mm-hmm. who was the son of the slave owner, mm. um, she was born a slave in eighteen thirty or eighteen thirty one, which and I think it's not eighteen thirty two when slavery was abolished in the British Empire. 
and on this i'm getting right was the center of the birth certificate but anyway he's down as a creole and, he, and he's a duffus but he says you know born like slave he was the property of the owner and he died in like the 1890s and when he died he had uh he had land and property mm. Mm. and we surmise that what happened was the uh the slave owner acknowledged that he was his son you know that tacit ad- yeah. ad- admission so actually gave him land and property because he was born a slave in, in 1830 1831 one or the other then he died some 60 years later and he had like um he had for a start if he had a will he could write and he, he gave uh he had shops which he divided up between um his children oh yeah so so there you go so you you mock and you laugh but i do know a little bit about my family and yes. there you go you big yes. plop poo <laughs> 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 anyway, listen, um, let's take five. Um, I think we should have one of those um, Sarah Smith adverts now. Yeah. You know what we should have had last week? What? You should have had one of those Sarah Smith wipes you to, to wipe should, up the mess could, that you, could, you oh, left oh, in no. the toilet. Oh, no. Oh, mm. But anyway, uh, let's have five, or as I normally then say, really about 180 seconds and come back the other side. Fancy getting your mouth round something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my has, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. Hope House started off as an eight-bed unit in Maidavale, and um, we're an all-women unit. I had read an article about Hope House some months before and when I read about it what I read or what I took away from the article was that this was a place where women worked to help other women. Coming soon to iTunes, 1001 Conversations, a new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kitson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fantabulous. Let's have a little touch of Millie. And then we will whack over to Lucy V. Freeman speaking eruditely about a hashtag the archers tweets of the last seven days good day everyone it's millie bell here i'm just back from playing bass at a gallipoli concert and it was very well attended but i think the average age was probably 85 we sang happy birthday to a lady who was 101 today I have been looking at the Facebook pages and um, it's been a really amusing week and people have responded quite interestingly to the wedding. A lot of people found it too saccharine and were not convinced by 
William's behaviour, other people really liked the fact that William was so reasonable in the end. Uh, but Mike Blake in Upstairs at the Ball said, Listening to Robert Snell explaining why he needed a few thousand pounds worth of lens for his camera reminded me of the time I bought a similar item for my camera. Anyway, the castration scar has healed nicely and my wife's new earrings suit her so well. Uh, Terence Skinner wrote a poem in the style of Pam Ayres, and I can't do her accent so I won't pretend, but it's a very clever poem. And he posted this in Ambridge Addicts. I wish I'd looked after me boys when they fought and made all of that noise. I should have been tougher when their squabbling got rougher. Oh, I wish I'd looked after me boys. I wish I'd had help from their dad. He's a good man, but a bit of a lad. When I had my hands full, he was down at the bull. Oh, I wish I'd had help from their dad. I wish that we still had the farm. As brothers, there'd be much more calm. We worked day after day, yet it was taken away. Oh, I wish that we still had the farm. I wish that they'd never met Emma. First Will and then Ed and a tremor. Started shock after shock, which caused the family to rock. Oh, I wish they'd never met Emma. I wish that my lads got along. Each thinks that the other is wrong. I'm heartbroken as their mother that they can't stand each other. Oh, I wish that my lads got along. And Janet Hitchin added another verse. Oh, I wish I'd, that I'd married a man who belonged to a cleverer clan. I'm mother-in-law twice to the same girl. Not nice. And I'll just have to wear what I can. How gorgeous is that? Well done, everybody. Sharon Evans in Archer's Appreciation said, and I warn you, this is fruity. Thank fuck we didn't have to listen to the singing, which I thought was a little unkind. Um, Leon Duveen in Archer's Appreciation asked, when will the Being Nice potion Nick slipped into William's tea tear off? Caroline Howarth in Archer's Appreciation thinks Ed and Will have been watching too much Oprah. Derek Reed in Ambridge Addicts said, Emma, I must get it right. Chance, I, Emma, take the Edward. I, Emma, take the Edward. I, Emma, take the Edward. And finally, to our site, um, we um, have been putting up a test website, and I'm only saying this because it completely floored me. We uh, asked you if you could help us with a few test things, and Pete Barlow said, won't have time this weekend because of Dwyer flonking commitments but we'll try as soon as I can. Just to let you know that my aim for this week is to try to use the phrase dual flonking in normal conversation. I do want to thank you. When we asked you to help with the website, you all did that beautifully. You really are a lovely lot. And just a quick uh, couple of predictions. We said, will anything go wrong at the wedding? You know, what's your predictions for the future? Joe DeBank said, like Lady Diana, Emma will get the names the wrong way around during the vows and up and become married to Will again. And Ruth Simpson said, Susan will turn up in a dress made out of the missing bunting and David's body will be found blocking a culvert after going to meet Rob. Helen will insist that Rob was merely helping David to see into the culvert and he slipped and Rob went for help as he now has hydrophobia since being kicked in the head by Christine during the flood but had to stop off in Penny Hassett to buy some galangal for a stir fry he was making for the homeless. He's really kind that way, most people don't see that side of him. And anyway, there was a queue, so it took him four hours, by which time poor David had drowned. And the poor man must have been really struggling to get out himself because he had 14 puncture wounds in his back. 
There must have been a broken bottle or something in the culvert and poor Rob is traumatised. He's so good, you know. I think you're delusional, Ruth Simpson. Absolutely delusional. I'll leave it there for another week. I look forward to speaking to you in seven days. Ciao. Go on then, Luce. Okay. Um... <clears throat> There was a lot of very funny tweets this week. People surpassed themselves. Judy, this was about the wedding. I'll do the mm. wedding ones first. Judy Astley said, I was half expecting Will to snog Emma in the graveyard and start the whole merry dance up again. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Owen Ford said, this was pre-wedding, pre everyone was doing predictions. I bet there will be a Barry crisp packet incident. Joe will have a heart attack, sparking off a mass brawl. We don't have very high opinion of the Grundys, do we, clearly? Uh, Mrs. Trellis said, It'll all end in tears, I tell you, after Emma has a threesome with Eddie and Joe completing a Grundy full house. <laughs> oh, yuck. Um, uh, over the deep throat storyline, um, Culvert Gate. Olympians said Stefan will be holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy in London before you can say hello you too <laughs> um, Tim Foot this was the bird watching I don't know why I found this I found this both funny and deeply disturbing Tim Footman just tweeted quietly during this whole ridiculous bird watching thing you know Robert and Jim are naked from the waist down <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's birding as opposed to dogging yeah <laughs> And um, tweet of the week was Bernie Guy, who said, "Bird watching works so well on the radio, doesn't it? I, for one, cannot wait for the Felpersham Mime Festival." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> hmm. Um, I'm going to take this time to quickly talk about something new. Okay. Because really, what? I'm filling. Right. Because I realised I forgot to do to see who's bought anything in the shop. So ah. whilst I'm talking, I'm actually furiously clicking on buttons you to see hear. if anyone's bought anything. Can you hear? Yeah. All right, cool. So, I don't think people care, really, whether anyone's bought anything or not. Oh, no. But what you don't, what you seem to not to realise, though, Lucy, is mm. right. whenever we reinforce a section by talking about people who have either contributed to that section, written a review or bought something, more people than actually do it. It's like 101 psychology. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's absolutely 101. It's, like, it's so basic. So it sounds, but, and also what you do, you give um, a reward to the people that have done it. Then, then somebody will say, hmm, I will get mentioned on this podcast if I just do this thing. Okay. I have done many a podcast and I have never have I so rewarded uh, just by mentioning people that have written reviews, etc, etc, have I have done in Dum De Dum. And I don't think it's by accident that this is the, the show which has the most amount of reviews, the most amount of listener interaction, etc, etc. So there is method in my madness. Oh, and we're okay. all about a community. Yes. Right, now, um, one of our listeners did actually say, I would, I'd like you to explain the reasons why you actually started doing Dumpty Dum. Was that a call? This is that now off... off uh, uh, yes, it was um, the lady in Kenya, Vicky Cole. Oh, because, Vicky Cole. Because, yeah, mm. blah, blah, blah. All right. 
so and no one bought anything anyway. Right, good. <laughs> <laughs> so much for filling. I needn't have bothered. Uh, so this is what I want to talk about, just very quickly. Um, obviously, at the top of the show, I mentioned the fact that I got all a bit emotional because I've been working on the new website and um, I needed 150 uh, US dollars to, to do to buy something specific for it, a bit of software. And I put out a, a very polite begging bowl and I said, I am English, you know, and I don't like to ask for money, but sometimes you have to. And I feel incredibly uncomfortable. And it's just the politest of polite little uh, requests. And you could just give me five dollars. And that's five dollars um, each person. That'd be great. And I ended up about five hours later with people throwing in twenty quid, ten quid, five quid, and it was just brilliant. Aww. Now the reason for that is because we have this new sponsor, Sarah Smith, and and that is smashing and great. But really, what that has meant was that the old website wasn't really fit for purpose. So we need to put Sarah Smith logos everywhere, and the old website really was just a placeholder just for the podcast and one of the things we've realized in the last year plus of doing this show is that we have a community of listeners so somehow we need to recognize that and again we couldn't do it with the old website so new website sarah smith logos and um also i think you kind of said it's actually really important that people see with a spoon see goddess devil yokel bear andrew horn paul room etc so now you can uh, listen, well, not quite now because the website isn't quite live, but the end of this week, so let's say June the 1st, we're going to launch it on June the 1st, you'll be able to go to www.com and you'll be able to register and sign up where you can have your own page as a caller in Now, I know some of you aren't actually really caller in but you know what, that's what it's called. So you can be a caller in and you can upload your picture and you'll be able to message and to rate the other caller inners. But also what you're going to be able to do is to um, contribute and write things on the website. So you can maybe write a little bit about how you first started listening to the archers, who's your favorite character, etc. And other uh, listeners will be able to comment on that. So that's kind of what we kind of have cooking up in the background. A brand new website is going to be launched on June the 1st. Um, there is a bit of a sneak preview. If you can get it together to go to royfield.com forward slash client forward slash Leatherman. And there's no kinkiness there. Um, that's where it actually sits. And you <laughs> no, can there actually... really isn't. I was very disappointed. I mm. went zooming over there and it was very dull. And you can actually see what Witherspoon looks like or Paul Room. They've already have their pages kind of up there. But I'm very... Very excited about um, not only our new sponsorship, uh, but also about the new website uh, that we're going to have. And I, you know, and as Andrew Horn said uh, a few a few months ago, he said, you know, when Royford used to say, and the most important part of our our show is you. You know, he thought that was a little bit trite at first. And um, you know, I always did set up WDUM. Uh, in mind to for it to be a, a network of listeners. So the fact that people have so taken it to their hearts and want to contribute and um, it means an awful lot but instead of just contributing to the actual show you can actually do that to the website come June the 1st. So if you want to have a sneak preview royfield.com forward slash client forward slash leather man and then you can go on there or however if you just want to wait till June the 1st it's www.com and then it will be unleashed the beast will be unleashed and you can have lots of fun you can see what everybody looks like and you can message them and play along and it will be Great smashing and super. Hurrah! Now, 
Uh, that's a big long fill, which I didn't really need to do in the end because <laughs> nobody bought anything. So that's shop news. So nobody bought anything this week, which is, you know what? Every now and then there might be a little twinge in my, you know, in my voice when I say that, but not this week because there's been an outpouring of Dumpty Dum love. So I completely understand the fact you didn't buy anything this week, Dumpty Dums. It's totally fine. But this, but now, Lucy. Yes. It is your favourite section and mine. What is it? Reviews, reviews news, 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 news and reviews. reviews. <laughs> and we are so close to the big 200, folks. We're getting closer by the second. We have reviews, folks. We have our first review is from Keylight86, Maurice Snell, Mrs. Bentos, and Kate Rosemary. They wrote reviews. I remember, on... oh, sorry. Come. Remember, you can also be awarded the Order of John Archer by emailing us if your name is John, or you can prove that you have a real link to a gentleman who goes by the name of John. They don't have to be a Plantagenet. And you will be knighted <laughs> John the Sixth. This week, I got my sword out, and Maurice Snell has knelt before me to become John the Fifth. You can also go to patreon.com if you fancy it, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show to us, which is about £1.30. This week we had a slew, a veritable avalanche of new patrons. Doug Old Salty Sea Doug Font? Have you called him that or has he called himself that? No, that's me calling him that. Because okay. he's lovely, he's a proper stalwart in his support of this show. And he Excellent. bought me a burritos at uh, Pancho Villa's on 16th Street in the Mission District. Love you, Doug. Thank you. Uh, Maurice Johnson. Morgan Johnson, you mean? Oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> Maurice Johnson. Sorry. Morgan Johnson. And D. Leary, hurrah, have all joined the band of supporters of the show. If you want, you can donate by clicking on the donate button on the site. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, did so many of you come to the aid of our new website. Paul and Jane Room. Valerie Bayliss. Joe Andrews. Lolly J. Bahar. Suzanne Hardy. Rupert Brunn. Morris Snell. Again, in our beeswax, Morris. <laughs> Ruth Simpson Vicky Berry Catherine Bajan Glenn Alderman Jennifer Reba Chris Morley Victoria Cole Jonathan Burns Barbara Wiseman Har uh, Hannah Barrett Simon Rycroft Douglas Vaunt In our beeswax again, Doug Alison Jones And Sheila Snowden Who is always in our beeswax um, Again, um just thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to the to our aid on Friday. Really, really, really appreciate it. Now, remember, you can also send us a voice message via iSight or you can call us on 0203-031-3105. No one's called that number recently, have they? I was going to say, they haven't, no. No. Anyway, um, if your website apparatus has gone up the Fritz, you can call that number, you can get through to us and you can still join in the Dumpty Dum fun. Um, you can ping us an email if you like, if you go on to dumptydum.com and hit contact us, or you can tweet me on the Twitters where I'm at Roy Field, which is spelled R-O-I for India, F-I-E-L-D. Uh, me at Lucy V. Freeman. Or the both of us at Dumpty Dum. Or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. Ooh. Um... So please, please, please keep your reviews coming, folks, because you want to be top of the podcast charts before Emma returns to Will and becomes Emma Grundy Grundy Grundy. <laughs> <laughs>
Ah, dear. That's nice. I like that. No, no. It was good, good show. Even though it would, there were so many racist undertones there. I wouldn't even say they were undertones. They were overtones. You know, that oh, just uh, you should feel ashamed of yourself, Lucy V. Green. I don't know what was racist. What did I do that was racist? You said, how can I be royalty if I is black? But I oh, what, I so I tell didn't you what, say that. You, oh, that was the implication. That was the implication. But I tell you what, though, right, a serious point. Um, are you pro the monarchy? No. Are you not? Not particularly, no. I am. Uh, but purely uh, from from two angles. One, because I'm a history bore, and I actually just quite like the uh, line of succession, just as a thing. The continuity of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just as a thing. Yeah. Um, am I particularly enamoured with the Duke of Edinburgh? Absolutely not. Um, though I have a sneaking kind of like for Harry. Kind of quite like Prince Harry, you know, from what I know. But mm. whatever, right? But you know what? These new ones, which I've just knocked out uh, in the last year or two, what are they called? Thingy and Thingy. Princess Thingy and Catherine and William. No, they haven't just knocked them out in the last two years. The children. Oh, the babies? Uh, Princess Charlotte. Charlotte? Well, you know who I mean. George. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's Charlotte and George. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, right. For the royal family to get really up and modern, they're going to have to knock about with some ethnics, aren't they? We've got to inject a little bit They're of colour into what? the royal family. Hmm? Can you hear me? No, you went all blah, 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 blah. I said... You said, to get all modern, they're going to have to... Knock about with some ethnics. Well, we need yeah. to introduce a little bit of colour into the yeah. royal family. Into, you know, we have a nice little, dare I say coffee-coloured member of the royal family. Yeah. You know, it could be sitting on the throne in, like, 60 years that'd be fan-fucking-tastic it would wouldn't and that's it? what we need let's reflect real britain that's what i say and i think if the monarchy has any purpose it's to to show and reflect actually truly what we are and you know when when prince albert married old vicky mm-hmm. and the hanoverians were super duper unpopular Right, they deliberately said we're going to model ourselves on being a middle class family. The middle yeah. classes are the new class of Britain, and they're rocking and running things. So the royal family—that's what they did. All but that's the what the Danish the royal family have done, haven't they? Well, all—all all of the Scandinavians. Yeah. You know, they all absolutely play it down and say we reflect who. Uh, yeah. You know, we are a reflection of society. We're not above yeah. it. You know, so they all have these in inverted commas democratic royalties. And I, I could be wrong on this, but I don't think I am. But there's some prince, some Danish princesses got married to some ethnic as well. And, and is it the, the crown prince? Oh, God. Crown princess of Denmark is actually Argentinian and blah, blah, blah. They're really mixing it up. That's yeah. what we need uh, over it. I'm all up for the House of Windsor. They just need to modernise. So, you know, I want to see Prince George, you know, going out a raving bogling, doing a dutty wine, a Princess Charlotte twerking and whatever, and just like getting down with real people. That's what I want to see. I didn't understand a word of that last sentence. <laughs> dutty what? <one. laughs> 
you're so home counties. And you just uh, you just affect this guy. I didn't understand, you know. I know, I didn't. I'm not affected. I didn't. Mm. I mean, I am affected, but not on that occasion. I genuinely didn't understand. Okay. I really don't want to see my royals dutty whining and, and twerking. What's that, that I don't want to see. What was that it's thing? Just a, it's just a, a dirty dart oh, of Jamaican origin. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really okay. don't want to see that. So, you know, that's just, you know, I just saying that just for comic effect. But uh, on a serious point, um, considering that our royals now have stopped for the last 60 odd years of going abroad to, to get married, i.e., you know, Prince Philip being of German Greek, whatever, they don't do that anymore. And Prince Charles married uh, a, a minor member of the aristocracy. And then William has now gone down a peg or two by marrying somebody just solidly just middle class, you know, a Middleton, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get some ethnic action in the royal family. That's what yeah. I say. Mm-hmm. I reckon Eugenie and Beatrice could be your answer. There. Oh no, not them pair of horses! <laughs> oh God, <laughs> no, no. What we want is a nice multicultural person sat on the throne in sixty years. And they're no, they're going to have a sniff of any anything, anything you know, magisterial, are they? Because you know they're not in direct line of succession. Mm. We want George or Charlotte. To get with a nice Patel, a Singh, or uh, somebody of West Indian extraction, let's mix it up a bit. Come on, yeah. royal family. There you go. Anyway, that's all I've got to say on matters. And uh, <laughs> and I think it's about time I enjoyed um, a bank holiday uh, with, uh, with my daughter. Yes, okay. What are you going to do, Lucy? Work. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, Where are you going with your daughter? Um, yesterday we went to Holland Park and we just like hung out and uh, she saw uh, Girlhood, that French film. Oh yeah, did she like it? Um, she did and she says, Dad, I've got loads to say on the, on the matter. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, straight after Dumb Dumb, we're going to sit down and uh, go for a walk and she's going to tell me all about that. So um, yeah, she was surprisingly into it by all accounts. Oh, so, excellent. Mm. And then I'm going to put in a Skype call to my uh, Kiddlywinks in Canada, and uh, that'll what? be fun. I thought you were going to go. Are you not going to go there anymore? No, I am. It's Ella's birthday on June the 10th, so I'm going to be over there for then. So okay. hopefully, Miss Contraria, I will be able to meet you then. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. But on that note, I'm definitely going now. So all goodbye, right. Lucy V. Freeman. It's been wondrous. Yes, and thank you so much for the laugh. That was very good. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Bye-bye, you big doofus. Hi, it's Jacqueline Berto from at, uh, J. Berto at Sanguin in northern France. Lovely, sunny northern France. I've just listened to the omnibus uh, from Sunday on my iPod whilst uh, gardening. Um, and I have to say... I think my neighbours must think I'm mad because I've just wept my whole way through it. It was the most uh, brilliant, emotional, everything we want the archers to be. Uh, brilliant writing, brilliant... Um, we didn't quite know what Em was doing right until the last minute. Um, lovely, simple country wedding, just like it should be in the archers. Loved it. Brilliant uh, podcast last week as well, you too. I enjoyed that as well because I listened to that just before. Now, I hope I'm not too late for this post podcast this week. Have a good one. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 